Welcome to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margot Jaco. Are you a clinician looking to find the balance between providing compassionate client care and business agility? This show will help with things you need to know to start or grow your practice and better serve your clients. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Dr. Margot Jacques. So glad you can join us. And today we have our co-host back, Deanna Shoss. She is our marketing guru and also the owner of Intercultural Talk. Welcome back, Deanna. Thank you so much, Margot. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Well, it's fun. I love speaking with you. So today we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month in May and talking about you know, obviously we are mental health providers at the Juniper Center, but we're going to be talking about why does it matter to celebrate things like Mental Health Awareness Month or Pride Month in June or any of these other months that we end up celebrating? How does that tie into business? We are really hoping over time that we can do away with this ridiculous stigma around mental health treatment. So Deanna and I are going to discuss this today, and I'm very excited. So Deanna, what's on your mind? So when we look at Mental Health Awareness Month, I mean, certainly mental health is a topic that's important year round, not just, it doesn't just come up in one month during the year. Right. But what, or I would say, and what's important or the reason behind rallying around month themes, whether it's May Mental Health Awareness Month or Pride Month, or you'll find weeks or days that highlight specific mental health issues, is it allows you to get a national momentum around a topic for visibility. So for example, as a practice, the Juniper Center, you're regularly blogging and posting on social media. What latching onto a a month-wide celebration allows you to do is it allows you to amplify your voice and attach it to a bigger platform. Yeah, really, it also helps us in our mission to provide compassionate care and have business agility. So we're talking about things that are really important to people in the mental health community, people who are providers and consumers. And it it provides us with a broader reach. So it gives us the business agility, draws people to us, and it also gets the word out, which is really important, especially around mental health stigma. A theme that has been popping up across social media and a hashtag that's been very popular right now is stop the stigma. Because there's an idea that, that there are stigmas around mental health that prevent people from getting care. And Margot, in your own business vision and goals, you said demolish the stigma. Mm-hmm. Why does it need such a powerful word? And what do you think the resistance is? Oh, so I think it needs a powerful word because it is still a huge issue. It's still a huge barrier for people to come to treatment. They don't view it, of course, as I do. And I have been a consumer of mental health services and a provider of mental health services. So I have a real insider's perspective about how normal it is, how helpful it is. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And, you know, there are many business professionals who are listening to this podcast. We know that. But in terms of demolishing it, I think it's really a perspective. It's a mindset that all of us in the mental health field, I would like to say all of us in the world, but certainly all of us who are 
in the mental health field, mental health providers need to proactively be working to get rid of that stigma. And it's not just explain it away or give people a couple of tools. It really is like, this is a thing that needs to be destroyed. It is so inaccurate. People come to us who are very functional, who just want their lives to be better. They are not crazy. They just want their lives to be better. And there are people who have very serious mental health needs. And of course, they're, they're our clients as well, and they are helped as well. So it's just that important for mental health providers to be advocates, to be vocal advocates, and to have this as a mission that we're committed to in our own practices, but also sharing it with other people. And I seldom get up on a soapbox and am preaching about something, but this is one of those things. So it needs a strong word, a strong message, a big soapbox for all of us to get up on together and say, this has got to stop. People are suffering needlessly because they're ashamed of getting help. So that's why I think a word like demolish is really appropriate. And you've explained it in a way, looking at your skeletal system, if you if you broke a bone or if you had a bruise, you would go get help if something happened to your physical skeletal system. But you've mentioned that your nervous system, equally a natural system within your body, that what's the connection, I guess, between your nervous system needing an adjustment and seeking uh, consultation for mental health? Oh, great question, Deanna. So without realizing it, many of us, and I I would like to say most of us, end up living in a state of fight, flight, or freeze, or that we can get there very easily. The busier people are, the more demands on their time, the harder the relationships in their lives, the more difficult their work. Living in a large metropolitan area where you're battling for space on a regular basis, trying to get through traffic or any of a number of things, or there's noise. We live in places and spaces where there are there is just so much to stimulate our nervous system. Again, our nervous system is connected to our sensory system, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our palate. You know, all of those things are connected. And we don't realize that we ride waves of that throughout the day. It just feels like it's natural. Unfortunately, what the science is discovering is that more of us are living in an amped up state more frequently. We're producing more stress hormones on a more regular basis. And those are, A, they're corrosive, literally corrosive to some of our organ systems because our nervous system was intended to operate in short bursts. If I were a cave person, here comes the saber-toothed tiger, I can run back to the cave, done, I'm safe. Now it's that my alarm goes off in the morning. It startles me because I slept lousy the night before. I hop out of bed. I'm scrambling around. I trip over the dog. Up goes my nervous system again. I get into the shower. I get myself ready. I run down the stairs, get some breakfast. I'm trying to get in the car. I can't find my keys. My kids can't find their stuff for school. This is not an unusual start to the day. And so if we think of the fact that each of us only has so much nervous system energy in a day, while we can pull it up if we need it, we're depleting our system over time. This is something that really impacts people's moods. So anxiety, depression, some folks are writing about depression being very much a frozen nervous system state where we feel shut down, disconnected, or we're in flight where we're constantly running around 
or we're in in fight where we're in traffic and someone cuts us off and we're swearing and you know waving our fists like none of those responses really need to happen based on what just occurred we understand that now in the science and mental health the public tends not to understand that and see the connection so if you break your arm you break a tooth you go to the doctor typically i don't think people are going to walk around with a limb dangling you know, it just doesn't happen. I broke my finger a few years ago. It got smashed, of all things, in a stroller. The stroller collapsed on my finger, and I was walking around just with my hand dangling for a couple days, and finally thought, maybe I should go get that checked out. And they're like, yes, you crushed your finger. Yes, of course you need to get that taken care of. Well, of I mean, eventually we probably will do so. People don't think about their mental health in the same way. Something is not working properly. They're anxious. That means their flight system is stuck in an on position. They have an anger problem. That typically means they're stuck in a, in a fight response, or they find that they're having a lot of conflicts with people. They're not getting along with people well, or they feel completely depleted. They have no energy. They're exhausted, and there's no physical explanation for any of these things. It's usually their nervous system is out of whack. If you go to a therapist, doing therapy helps get their system back in a functioning state. So there's a lot of should in there. I shouldn't be annoyed that it takes so long to get my children out the door, which can take like four hours, by the yeah, way. Right. I think any parent knows. Yeah. <laughs> At least it feels that way. Right. So you, there's a certain, there's a couple sides that either feeling like, well, that shouldn't bother me. So you try to disclaim it or disavow it because you feel like it shouldn't bother you. But I do think as well, there's this idea, even in the intersection with the medical community, if they can't find a physical reason for something, they'll say, oh, it's in your head, as though that means it doesn't exist. Absolutely. Yeah, talk about that, because that doesn't make sense. If you're feeling it, if you feel something, you feel it, it exists. If you feel something, you feel something, and it exists. Exactly. And somehow this magical, mythical disconnection between our minds and our bodies, to say it's all in our head, what does that even mean? What they're saying is there isn't a medical problem that I can treat, but physicians don't tend to say I can't treat it. They tend to say it's, in essence, it's not real. You're just imagining it or you're, you're making it up in your mind. So I will tell you a little personal story since we're talking about mental health and I want to make sure that I'm just as real and, uh, and transparent as anybody else. I got into my 30s and started having a lot of GI stuff that was just, you know, I couldn't digest food very well and I seemed to have to avoid a bunch of foods. Went to several doctors, nothing, nothing and got the, oh, it's all in your head. I was like, oh my gosh, what, what is that? And I did ask a doctor, what does that mean? And they said, well, you, it probably means you need to go see somebody. But they didn't say it in a positive way, like, hey, look, this happens. This is probably the result of a chronic stress disorder. Digestive issues are really common in chronic stress disorders. That probably means your nervous system is not functioning properly. The emotional centers of your brain, your stress response system is stuck in the on position. So you're feeling more anxious. You're having GI issues. Let's go send you to a specialist for that. Just like they would send me to a specialist for a skin tag or a cardiologist or anybody else. If it can be framed in that way, and, and I would say this is an invitation and an opportunity for those of you who are 
practice owners or therapists who are listening to this to really offer your services to connect with physicians and say, look, if you frame me as a specialist, just like a cardiologist, and you speak about me as I've got this great resource for you, it will free up much of their time because physicians' calendars are packed with people who are struggling with mental health and no actual physical problem that they can treat. It's a great way to help out physicians to get these people off of their calendar and to get people to the right care. But when it's said in that way, it just produces more stigma. Like, you're just, it's all in your head. And I actually had a, a, a client come to me recently who had been having heart palpitations. The physician said that to her. It was all in her head, so she ignored it. Turns out she had a problem that was a real physical arrhythmia. And of course, her anxiety was making it worse, which is why she was coming to me. But she ended up having an arrhythmia, which can be really dangerous. So the invitation is to say, look, this is very real. Having a dysregulated nervous system is a very real physiological condition that you can work using your mind, using your brain, because your mind isn't some mythical little fanciful thing. It's your brain. You can utilize your brain to help treat that. So that's what I did. And my GI issues are significantly better. I went to a therapist. I got the right kind of treatment for it. I learned how to manage my nervous system much more effectively, and I feel much better. Actually, thank you for sharing that story, because again, it just normalizes that this is what you do. This is how you, you approach things and get treatment. Yeah. You know, one thing you mentioned, and this goes back to the idea of May Mental Health Month and things that you can do to draw awareness. You have a YouTube channel where you often share what you call a mindset minute. Mm -hmm. So you're given these mindset minutes where it's one minute to give an idea of how to calm your nervous system in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know about that, like in terms of helping people with mindset minutes that they can consume in a moment, but then also how do people know or how can you use that, particularly as a business owner, to draw people in maybe to, to help them live their, their best lives and to explore more deeply what their issues are. Absolutely. So right, the mindset minutes are very much about either here is a way to think about it, which may sound like, well, you know, what does thinking have to do? with anything. Based on how we think about something, we will have an emotional response. That emotional response will cause certain neurohormones to be released into our system. And if we can think about something differently, we can actually alter our nervous system, but not always. Sometimes there are very specific things we need to do. So for panic attacks, actually, or somebody who's going into panic, one of the best things they can do, which sounds torturous to me, is hop into an ice cold shower. Wow, that causes things to constrict, which actually is very helpful in a moment when you're having a huge flood of neurohormones and, and anxiety in your system. It causes everything to tighten up and, and therefore you stop producing as many stress hormones. So things, many people know about deep breathing and having sort of a cache of this, C-A-C-H-E, having a, a repertoire that you can give to people very quickly to community organizations. I've gone to chambers of commerce. I speak to other business owners. This is a great way to get to know other businesses in your community, just to give a little talk. Um, I talk to business professionals about this all the time. Here are three things that you can do. 
Here are the specific ways to breathe because we talk about breathing. Take a breath, take a breath, which can feel very insulting. Like, hey, just just take a breath already. It really is take a take a breath. James Nestor wrote a great book called Breathe. And the science says that the ideal way to breathe is actually four and a half seconds in and then five and a half seconds out. Well, good luck counting a half second, but a four, a count of four in and a count of four out and sort of constrict, contract your stomach muscles on that final push out that activates the vagus nerve, which runs on either side of your neck from about your temples down into your groin. It innervates, connects with all of your organ systems, meets your sensory system. So activating that gets what's called your parasympathetic nervous system or the rest part of your brain online, as opposed to your sympathetic nervous system, which is the stress part of your system, which is what we're talking about trying to get to downgrade and ratchet down over time. So doing something like that kind of breathing with the constricting of your stomach, that helps activate the vagus nerve. So out for four. So in for four, out for five. In for four, out for five. And do that for three or four or five rounds. If you get lightheaded, stop. means we've gone a little bit too far. Another big one Deanna is, and these are really, I think, low-hanging fruit, is teaching people about how to just get grounded in the moment. Some people will say, look at five things that are blue and four things that are green and three things that are red. And, and so they'll use that sort of thing. But it really is getting connected to what's happening in the moment. Because when we're in fight, flight, or freeze, we are anticipating danger. We f- our system feels like we are anticipating or needing to scan for or have located something that is dangerous. Actually, it's not. And so getting people just back into their chair, feel your seat in the seat. I say that to people all the time, just feel your seat in the seat. Move around, feel your back in the back of the chair, feel where your scapula is. I got my feet flat planted on the floor. Your feet flat planted on the floor. And take some breaths here and notice what that's like. And notice that you are just in this room. What do you see in this room around you? What do you notice? What's the temperature of the air? That's one that I love. It's a super quick one. What's the temperature of the air in the room? Because you have to stop and you have to notice like your face or your hands. And what's the skin conductance? What does that feel like? Oh, it's about 70 degrees in this room. Well, what do you notice as you tell me that? Oh, man, I'm just breathing a little more deeply. Oh, yeah, I bet you are. Because we have that just immediately can bring people right back in. Another thing that people can do is is to do kind of a squeeze of themselves, kind of what we do for babies when they're little, you know, you, you just swaddle them really well. This is something that in our nervous system feels very contained. So it's taking yourself by your own arms, just putting one arm on either bicep and giving yourself a hug which can sound kind of granola-y and silly, but it actually... Right. I love myself. <laughs> but it's actually activating your vagus nerve. So again, really... Fantastic. Gargling. Go and gargle activates the vagus nerve. Yodeling. Yodel. Yodeling. Really? Oh, it's that that actually does it. It activates the vagus nerve. 
So I didn't realize that. That's very calming. I love to sing at the top of my lungs if I'm feeling stressful. Had no idea that that was physically actually activating my vagus nerve. Exactly. Right. And if you think of gargling and yodeling, you're you're really moving those muscles a fair amount. So if you're singing, use your vibrato. So that's all. I just want you to use that vibrato. There's a lot of really good stuff here, Margo, including we, we think of our brains, a lot of people think of our brains as this ethereal thing of what you think and how you look at life, but there's so much chemically and physically that's going on that then affects how you think. So that's fascinating. And these ideas with things to calm yourself in the moment, particularly it sounds like if you're calming yourself in the moment, but each time it's almost like a, a circle going higher and higher, that that's important to be able to get that outside help and to talk to someone to how can you reset the base or how can you overall have your starting point be at a, at a more calm level. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. We want to help people find that spiral back mm-hmm. down, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to come back down out of a nervous system state that really is not a good place to be. So why does this matter to the business of business? And again, getting this information out, having a perspective, being interested or willing to take some stand, normalizing what people's brains are doing, normalizing that a lot of what people are dealing with with mental health, yes, it's chemical, but it's also your nervous system states. How normal is that? I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to business owners or chambers of commerce or clients and just describe what's happening in their brains like, yeah, of course you're feeling that way. How normal could that be? And boy, what a help that is. So I think as mental health professionals, we really have such a wonderful opportunity to educate our clients, but also people who are not mental health providers. And just to get an invitation to a school, to get an invitation to meet with a group, to meet with other people who work in your building, just to have them get together to talk about how to use your powers for good, how to use your brain to calm your system. And sometimes it can be framed and often people are responsive to, here's how to help your child calm down. And they will come. If you say how for you're going to calm down, they may not come. But how to help somebody around you or how to help an employee who seems very upset get back into a calm state. Therapists are great at that. So it's a way to get the word out to normalize mental health, to normalize that what we do is just, it it really is not that different. Uh, Just our methodology is different, but it's not that different than any other specialist that a physician will refer us to. And along those lines, when you look at sort of basic marketing, you're trying to find your target clients, but sometimes your target clients don't know that they need what you're, quote, selling. You know, they don't know that you need it. And so that education level by saying, are you feeling this? Do you experience this? Mm -hmm. Someone may respond, oh, yes, you know, I do get nervous every time I'm going up to speak and then it's compounded or, you know, you start to recognize those things Mm -hmm. as, oh, I do feel that didn't know it existed as a thing and that there was help for it. So that education proactively as a business owner, it also helps put into the world some of the things that people are experiencing, that it's normative, that they're not alone experiencing it, and that there's help. So Stop the Stigma is looking at general population, but when you talk about 
communicating different issues. There are things related to specific issues, LGBTQIA youth or, you know, different addictions, things like that, where people actually need help and they don't know where to find it. Right. And so there's almost an obligation to put that education out into the world so that people who do need help can find it and that it's normative to seek it out. That it's normative to seek it out. It's just as normal as getting an annual checkup. And and you and I have discussed this before, Deanna, about what makes that difficult. And part of it is in order for someone to get mental health care covered by their insurance, they have to have a mental health diagnosis. So wellness care is really tough. So there are some things that we're doing at the Juniper Center where we can offer low-cost wellness checkups where people can come in and just maybe it's a 15-minute call uh, a week so that they can get some care and it's much more affordable. And it's not necessarily, it's not therapy. That really is more coaching and maintenance and just helping people stay well. So it might be a wellness visit. So we're really working on a model and I would encourage other mental health professionals to consider that as well. That is there a model where you can help people have some wellness visits, some occasional checkups? That's fantastic. So your products per se are now matching the messaging that we're putting out. I love that. Exactly. Well, Deanna, this is so great. So thank you for having such great questions today and for joining me as always. I really appreciate the thoughts and the perspective that you bring to the podcast. So thank you everyone for joining us. If you have more questions, please feel free to reach out and contact us. I am doing business coaching for people who are wanting to scale their business. We have some information about that on our website. Please tune in next time. We look forward to seeing you again. I'm Dr. Margot Jacot, owner and director of the Juniper Center and your mental health business mentor. Be well. You've been listening to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast with Dr. Margot Jacot. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss an upcoming episode and head on over to the mentalhealthbusinessmentor.com website for resources and additional information. Thanks so much for listening and be well.